you know that Apple iOS 15 update that just came out? The one that has privacy features that mark all emails as opened and allows users to hide their IP addresses to outside parties and all that jazz? Well, it's causing quite a stir in the marketing world. What am I supposed to do now when I send emails and don't know who actually opened them or not? Can I just ignore it and keep doing what I'm doing? You have questions. At DD Agency, we have answers. Tune in to our webinar on Wednesday, October 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern on Closing Time for the Open Rate, How to Adjust Your Email Marketing Strategy. Reserve your spot today at enrollify.org slash ddagency. See you there. Hey everybody and welcome to the show, Zach here and today I am sitting down with Julia Grace Wheeler from Roger Williams University. Welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you for having me. So Julia, over the last few days, we've been all around New England asking students to talk to us about the future of higher education, why they chose the schools that they chose, why they decided to pursue the majors or programs that they're pursuing. And what I want to hear from you, we, we actually haven't spent too much time talking to grad students. Mm -hmm. And graduate education is very, very important. It's also something that a lot of people are unconvinced about with respect to value, right? Like, right. what is the ROI of a graduate degree? And so I want to just pick your brain on, first and foremost, what are you studying and why are you studying it? Right. Okay. I'm a second year in the forensic and legal psychology program here at Roger Williams. Um, I got my bachelor's degree in general psychology at Mount St. Mary College in Newburgh, um, and my minor was in criminology. So I was really looking for the happy medium between uh, criminal justice and criminal criminology um, and psychology in one big thing. It wasn't until my junior year of college that I even knew that forensic psych was an option. Mm. Um, so when I started looking for you know, what am I gonna do with my life? Um, I had an internship with a court assessment program in Hartsdale, New York, and they were a forensic psychology-based internship, huh. primarily focused on evaluation. And I was like, this is what I wanna do. Um, and everyone I talked to was like, okay, well, you can't just do it now. You have to get more education. You have to get a doctorate at some point. So a master's is a great stepping stone to even figure out if this is what I actually want to do. Yeah. Um, and if it is, then it's a great stepping stone for me to keep going Got and it. get more connections that way. And in that sort of decision-making process, what school, like, did you know what schools offered forensic psych programs? Is there, was there like a short list already? Or did you sort of start Googling away? Like, yeah. where do I go and get a master's in forensic and legal psychology? It's a short list, if I'm going to be honest, um, especially if I was looking to stay on the East Coast, which I was. Okay. Um, there really is only Roger Williams, John Jay in Manhattan, and George Washington in DC. Okay. Um, there are not that many graduate focused um, 
forensic psychology master's programs. The rest of them are in, in Florida, California, or like Nebraska. And I'm not going to be in Nebraska anytime soon. <laughs> so um, then after that, my focus was like, okay, well, how am I going to be able to afford this? Yeah. Um, and move to somewhere entirely new. I've been in, like, in New York my entire life. So moving somewhere even three hours away is is a big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that like decision making process. Like how did you first and foremost afford school? Like what yeah. did you take out a bunch of loans? Did you find scholarships? Yeah. What was that process like? Definitely a bunch of loans. Um, and I was really looking for um, something that would allow me to work on campus. Hmm. That was really important to me. I was a tutor in undergrad. Um, so I think that that kind of helped me like I would definitely TA. So I was looking for scholarships. I was looking for grants. I was looking for schools to give me those opportunities or even give me the opportunity to apply for those things. Mm. Um, and then Roger Williams was like, if you want to be a TA, we have that for you. And I was like, that's a good deal. Um, so that really sealed the deal for me coming here, as well as the curriculum was mm. very all-encompassing. So I was like, definitely Roger Williams. So one of the challenges, not even a challenge, but typically what happens at the undergrad level, right, is that you go into school, you might have some basic idea of what you want to do. Maybe you want to study business. Maybe you want to you know, study design, interior design. But as you sort of move through your four years, you get a little bit of a better sense of what it is you specifically want to major in. Yeah. Typically at the graduate level, to your, you know, your, your point, you kind of know where you want to go. And then it's about figuring out, okay, what's the best path that's going to get me to that endpoint. Right. So when you were sort of evaluating schools and programs, clearly like being able to get a TA gig was top of your list, but was there anything else, um, especially as it pertains to sort of like the curriculum that you looked into, or were you pretty familiar already with sort of like basic coursework of these programs or Not at what all. did you okay okay so talk to us a little bit about like how you educated yourself right, right. about these different approaches to um to it to uh, uh the program mm -hmm. and whether or not there were any specific like nuances in courses mm -hmm. that stood out to you about Roger Williams yeah um, when I was applying here, I still wasn't entirely sold on being a forensic evaluator, which is like, it had the idea in my head and I'm like, definitely forensic psych, but which exact path is really hard for me. I'm very indecisive. So I was really looking for a program that would allow me to have options hmm. after I graduated, um, or would help me figure it out on the way. Got it. And this program was really great for that. There were only, I only applied to two other schools. I only applied to John Jay and George Washington. And I was just looking for the programs that would allow me to be like, okay, what if I changed my mind and wanted to work with law enforcement? What mm. if I changed my mind and wanted to work with or become a lawyer? Or, you know, I was just looking for, I'm definitely going to change my mind at some point. Is this program going to let me do that? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is, it definitely is. So what do you think that says about like the future of graduate education? Like are there were I guess were the other programs you were evaluating a little bit too like restrictive, a little bit too like prescripted? Like yeah. why it sounds like flexibility or giving you enough of equipping you enough with like, you know, a range of of course materials and expertise, mm -hmm. but ultimately like didn't 
pigeonhole you into one particular career path. So can you talk to us a little bit about like your thoughts on the importance of flexibility as it pertains to graduate programs? Yeah, um, I think that the world is changing every second. Um, and a lot of people have a lot of different interests. And if one program is too restrictive, then you're not going to be able to get the freedom to even expand past the curriculum that you're in. Hmm. Um, because in undergrad, you can minor, you can double major, and you have a lot more options with, you know, like just learning different things. And I love to learn different things. Um, so I knew I wanted to be in forensic psych, but even people in psychology in general, there's so many different kinds of psychology. And if you choose too soon or you specialize too soon, you can't change at any point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Roger Williams is giving me the option to be like, okay, well, we'll prepare you for a more legal research-based kind of career, or we'll, we'll, pre we'll prepare you for a more clinical kind of uh, career and if I go into a clinical psychology program, I even have options for what kind of clinical psychologist. Yeah. So I have a bunch of options still, and that makes me really happy. It makes me feel prepared, and I don't feel as overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That's interesting. So how did your friends and family react when you told them that you were going to go to grad school? Were there any naysayers that said, are you sure? That's a lot of money. Like... Or were, was everyone pretty convinced that, no, 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 because of the job you ultimately want to have, this is kind of a necessity, right? Yeah. So uh, was it was it mostly supportive? Or I guess especially when you talk to your friends who might have been doing other things, mm -hmm. how did they sort of perceive the value of graduate education? I think there's a lot of people who kind of like after undergrad are like, I'm done. Mm. And I can't imagine being in a mindset of liking school enough to keep going. Sure. I love school, so my family was like, you know, do whatever you want to do yeah. as long as you're prepared for the mountain of student loan debt that you are going to be in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm already in it, so I might as well just keep going um, and come out in a place that I feel happy hmm. and feel satisfied with the knowledge that I've gained along the way. So I'm going to keep going until I reach that point. And, you know, if there's debt, there's debt. So um, my family was really supportive of me. And my friends were very supportive of me, even the ones that are kind of like, I hate school and I'm done with it. <laughs> They're like, good for you. Like, I hope you have fun. I hope you succeed. I hope you have the time of your life. Hmm. Is there anything about, and you don't have to be specific about the program here at Roger Williams, but just... Mm -hmm your graduate student experience in general that you would change if you could, whether it was the modality of a course, whether it was, hey, you know what, I wish there were, I had the opportunity to study a little bit more of this or that. If you could architect like the perfect grad program for you, yeah, what would it look like? I think it would be um, kind of a mixture of the two programs that we have for Forensic Psych. Um, we have the a forensic mental health counseling program, hmm. which prepares you to get licensed in the future. And then we have my program, which is preparing you to write a thesis and to apply to PhD programs. Um, there are a lot of people in my program and in the other program who have ver like variety of what they want their future to look like. Yeah. And a lot of people in my program are like, I want to get a PsyD, which is very clinical in nature. Um, so I think if we had like a balance of 
we can all get a little taste of something, then I think a lot of people would be satisfied with, I feel prepared for any, any future path. Yeah. Any, uh, program in the future. Yeah. Um, I still feel prepared for a clinical thing. And I honestly, like, I didn't know I could even apply to that straight from undergrad. I didn't know that was an option. I might have done that if I had known it. Um, but I think getting a master's in general is still a good place to be in because you might stop. You yeah. might not want to go to school anymore. You might yeah. think like, I can just work with a master's and be completely content. Um, not me, but some people would. And I think getting the master's degree first is good enough. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that you are a TA. What about that experience has surprised you? Oh, um, I don't or know. Excited it excited or excited you. Excited me for sure. Um, I realized through the TA process that I definitely want to teach in my mm. life. Um, I'm kind of good at it, not to be like a humble bragger, <laughs> but um, through my tutoring experience in undergrad, I was like, teaching might be something that I would love to do, um, especially at a college level. Mm. And TAing has really like set that in place, like, Definitely want to teach in my future. Another reason why I need a doctorate um, so that I could teach at a college level. Yep. Now, you know, you are fully immersed sort of in in grad school right now. You're mm -hmm. TAing. Are you working in any other capacity as well? Yeah, okay. I have a, another part-time job um, at Newport Vineyards. Little shout out. Okay. It's right over the bridge. Um, and I do that probably up to 15, 20 hours a week, mostly on weekends. Um, and I also dog sit for fun. <laughs> wow, gosh. When do you sleep? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> sleep is important. Definitely sleep is important. Um, I sleep when I can. I try to get a regular schedule going. Yeah. Um, once the semester really starts, it's easier to get that routine down. Over the summers is a little crazy um, because we all participate in internships and research. So... That balance is harder, but during the school year, once the few like first weeks are down, you're like, okay, I got this. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, wow. I'm just getting anxiety thinking about <laughs> your schedule right now. Um, I want to get your thoughts on sort of like how undergrad, your undergrad experience compared to your graduate experience. So what, I guess, when you think about sort of what you, what happened in your bachelor's degree, uh, as you were pursuing your bachelor's degree, and you think about like the differences with respect to coursework, mm -hmm. difference with respect to sort of experiential learning opportunities. How have, how has that experience, how did that experience compare to this experience? Um, I don't think that my undergrad, not to like crap on it or anything, um, prepared me enough to go to grad school. Hmm. Um, I think that was mostly on me. And you know, if you're a student and you don't know what you're looking for, it's really hard to um, to figure out what the next step is. Sure. Um, and if your school doesn't prepare you for that, then you're kind of just overwhelmed. Um, and I took so many different kinds of with a general psychology degree, you take pretty much one class of everything. A lot of electives, of, of course, your gen eds. Um, and if you minor in something, then you can take those classes as well. Um, but a general psychology degree is not enough hmm. because there's too many things that you've learned. Um, you really need to go to grad school. Um, 
it's like which psychology program is the best for you. And I think that undergraduate programs really need to work with specializations of fields. So mm. like with psychology, there's a hundred or more different types of fields and you only get a tiny little taste of it. Um, but unless you're like an honor student and actively participating in research, um, you don't really know that that's something that might be important in the future. Mm. So I didn't do a lot of research in undergrad. And when I got here, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything. Please don't expect me to know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and they've been really awesome with that, really helpful. I feel so much more prepared even after my first year to figure out what my next, next steps are going to be and even figure out what I'm looking for. So if you could go back, right, in your senior year and if you were to sit down with the faculty that you had um, and ask them, to design something entirely different, something that would have prepared you a little bit better for grad school, what do you think you'd say or, or how might you sort of advise that they change things up? Is it more research opportunities? Is it the yeah. ability to have more, you know, more experiential learning opportunities or how might you do things a little bit differently so that, right, at the end of your senior year, you mm -hmm. felt a lot more prepared about tackling grad school? Yeah, um, I think that having a graduate workshop um, or I had a required internship as part of my degree, but not every um, major does to my knowledge. Um, and then COVID happened and it kind of messed up everything. Yeah. But um, I wish that the faculty that we had would uh, put out there that they were doing certain research hmm. and maybe say, um, hey, if you're interested in this kind of thing, come join me on my project and I'll show you how research even works hmm. and what it's like to participate in that kind of a project. Um, we had a lot of research opportunities on campus, but they were mostly marketed to honor students or to like honor societies. And if you weren't a part of that, you didn't hear about it. Yeah, interesting. Um, and I think that that was really harmful to people who wanted to pursue a future education and didn't have that experience. So almost like, you know, some form of a billboard or a digital offering of like, hey, here are all the research projects that are underway. If yeah. any of these pique your interests, you know, email Dr. So-and-so. Yes. Unless you were actively looking for something like that, you pretty much wouldn't hear about mm. it. Um, and then with COVID and everything, almost all of those opportunities got squandered in the first place. So even people who were working on things didn't get to do them. Um, I graduated in the spring of 2020. So even if someone had asked me to do a research thing, I don't think I would have been able yeah. to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I've got one final question for you, and it's really around sort of how you see this experience of grad school in its entirety. Like looking out three to five years after graduation, what are what do you hope to like look back on and say, I'm so thankful that at during my grad school experience, I got the opportunity to do X, Y, or Z, or I'm really thankful that the approach faculty members took looked like this. Like, what do you hope that your future self will say when you're reflecting about this time? Yeah, um, I think I'm really gonna be incredibly grateful for the experience that I've had with my faculty. They're all amazing. Like, there's, there's nothing wrong with a single one of them. Um, my favorite part is that they just want to help you figure it out on your, on your own. Hmm. Um, it's very individualized. It's very independent. Um, and preparing for a future program, like you can't 
and not everyone's going to do everything for you anymore. You have to learn how to do it on your own. And our professors are really great at saying, well, what do you want to study? And here's how I'm going to help you make that a reality. Hmm. And all of the, I've only worked with a couple so far individually and they've been amazing. So I, I hope that five years from now, you know, maybe when I'm starting to teach, I'm going to try and be like them in my future. Very well said. Well, thank you, Julia, for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I had a great time. <laughs> if you are an enrollment marketer working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast, or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast, please reach out directly to me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org. We sincerely look forward to working with you to make Enrollify the most trusted, go-to, digital resource for enrollment marketers out there.